And um, what's, so besides Charm, what's the craziest character you had to create in your entire career? The craziest character. Um, wow. Uh, well, I, uh, I was part of the team. I was one of about 10 people that worked creatively to build it. Um, years ago, I worked on the movie White Chicks. And trying to turn those guys into those girls was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> It was crazy. And, and, and uh, they did a great job because they were really good as those characters. But, you know, it was it was a lot and uh, trying to make it work. And then the challenge was that we were also trying to make them look like other actresses in the movie, which didn't really work very well. But <laughs> it, it the characters that they came out to be ended up working pretty well. But that was a real extensive, long, long makeup, a lot of body makeup. I did not actually go on set for that one. So I didn't have to go through the day to day on that one. I was in the studio building stuff and uh, involved in makeup tests. But um, that was tough, <laughs> but fun. But fun. And I thought yes. the movie was really fun, too. So, you know, at the end of the day, if the movie's good, then you're a little bit more proud of what you did. Yes, no, I remember that movie very well. It's a very funny movie. And um, that's so funny that you worked on it. And that, yeah, I remember I like the scene in the movie when they're kind of, you watch them getting into all this stuff with like the fake breasts and all the body kind of right. spray and everything. Like it's, I can imagine that would have been, I mean, you did a great job because they're, well, not the most attractive ladies, but you know, <laughs> they, they, well, you, did can... as, you did as, as good as you could with what you had. <laughs> I, I can tell you this, uh, everyone in town effects wise, all the studios passed on that movie and didn't want to touch it. And we were like, eh, let's do it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, here we go. And I, I, you know, and they were trying to find actresses and we had to go look at the actresses that they were picking to see if they could work, if we were going to make them make the Waynes brothers look like these girls. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we were kind of in that casting process a little bit to try to make sure we could find someone that would work. And it was just really, that was a challenge. That was a really tough one. That's why everyone turned it down. Really, it couldn't be done for the most part. It could be sort of done, but it wasn't going to look amazing. Um, and it didn't, <laughs> but, but it didn't matter. The, it was supposed to be a goof and it was a comedy and the guys pulled it off uh, with their acting and made the characters lovable. So yeah. kind of like Mrs. Doubtfire, it just worked. Yeah, exactly. I think if if they had been really feminine looking or really, you know, if you'd gotten that like really perfect, it wouldn't have the same effect. It wouldn't be as funny because, you know, they're really men. So I feel like you you needed it to be that way. You needed the awkwardness to make mm -hmm. the comedy work, mm -hmm. you know, and they definitely looked awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sometimes it's a little scary. Sometimes it's a little, a little I, I would not argue that. I would not argue <laughs> with you on that. Yeah. Um, so on your Instagram, I've noticed that you, I don't, I've seen like some videos of you. You seem to get dressed up quite a bit. What you've been, the Grinch, I saw one of the Grinch, which was so good, by the way. That was amazing. Your voice, everything was perfect. Thank you. Yeah, I, um, uh, I'm a SAG actor. I've, I've done a lot of, played a lot of characters. I started off by playing a, uh, creatures mainly but then I also was a puppeteer so I did a lot of puppeteering and did a lot of character acting as characters and a few years ago I created a Grinch makeup and a costume so that I could be the Grinch for a charity event and it went over really really well 
and then a couple of years ago, um, I'm friends with uh, a famous newscaster here at, at Fox News. Um, and she asked me if I would be interested in being the Grinch for a charity thing where they were going to go f- give a bunch of presents and money to some uh, to a family that was really like down. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm in. So I just started doing a lot of charity stuff and really enjoy it because uh, it makes a difference sort of so yeah. uh and then i've played a couple other characters too i've created um i had uh and then i and then i got hired to play the character at some big um hollywood christmas parties and i'll, I'll tell you this real quick because it's funny i i was doing a charity and then going to a paid gig where i was playing the grinch for a bunch of rich kids okay. and I walked into a downtown Los Angeles auditorium and there's 400 kids sitting on the ground, staring straight ahead. And I walk in and I look and I look at what they're looking at. And there's a guy, a Santa sitting in a chair and it's real quiet. I'm like, what's going on? And when I look back at the kids, all of a sudden, all 400 kids go and saw me and I went, hi guys. Right. And they got up and screamed and all started coming at me. And it was horrifying <laughs> to have 400 people rush you at one time. Mm. And then it was and then they lined the kids up and they said, hey, we're going to you're going to give a present to each kid. I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. Give me like 30 seconds with each kid just so I can have a little bit of time with them. They're like, OK. So then when each kid would come up, I'd be like, hey, how's it going? You know, and do the whole thing and talk to them and interact with them and then give them a toy. Kids were so sweet. They appreciated. it. They were loving. An hour and a half later, I'm at the Hollywood party being attacked by five rich kids with lightsabers beating me in the head. Uh, <laughs> Going, where are the parents? And then I look and the parents are all laughing as they're drinking in the corner. And I'm like, wow, there's a big difference between a Hollywood party and a charity event. That's for sure. Um, Lovely. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, I, I play the Grinch every year at Christmas and just do charity stuff for the most part because it's a lot of fun. And and I did a couple other characters. Uh, this lady who I did the Grinch for, for some reason, wanted me to be Jack Skellington. And I'm like, I'm kind of thick for Jack Skellington. She's like, I don't care. I'll just do it. And I, so I did it for her. And I did a Jack Skellington character that actually ended up working real well. And I do a Beetlejuice character and I do a Easter Bunny character. And it's mainly all for charity, but it's just fun to put myself in makeup and be an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's really amazing. That's such a great thing that you do so much charity I think it's definitely important to do that and help people and give back and you have the opportunity to do it I think it's really important so I love that I think it's very beautiful that you do that um and yeah I've seen on your I've seen the charity I've seen you do the Grinch when you were dancing and that was very funny and very entertaining (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's very accurate so I go in and study these characters and make sure I get these voices down and the body language I mean I really I take it too serious, actually. And I actually have a hard time breaking character sometimes. <laughs> my, I, when I play the Grinch for like for like a few days in a row, um, I find myself talking as the Grinch when I'm at home and my wife's like, shut up. <laughs> um, and I don't even realize it. It just it, it just falls into place. So it's kind of I think yeah, if you're doing it for a long time, you, you just get used to talking that way. And then it's. <laughs> You really do. It just kind of becomes the way you, your pattern of speaking after you do it for like, and when I do it too, I, I, when I'm in makeup going from like one place to another place, I stay in character the whole time. Cause I actually feel stupider being in makeup and talking normal. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it feels more normal to talk as the Grinch the whole yeah. time I'm in makeup. Like it's less embarrassing. 
<laughs> to just stay in character. So I can, the I guy can understand that. that. It, right? It's kind of weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, so yeah, then yeah. are you are you very big then on like Halloween and stuff? Do you get dressed up every year or are you like, no? <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, we definitely take Halloween serious. We, we have a lot of fun. I used to do haunted houses all the time. I have a friend of mine that does uh, a charity haunted house for elementary schools. So mm-hmm. I've been doing that with him for the last couple of years and, and, and making myself up and some of their guys up and bringing props there and just doing something that isn't uh, at my house, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> and what about your kids then, like growing up? Did they always like want you to kind of help them get ready or were you very much like they didn't care? Absolutely not. They no, didn't they care wanted, you were, what you could they, do. <laughs> no, I was, I was a goofball dad. I was the dad that was in makeup embarrassing them. Because okay. we would have these Halloween parties and I'd put myself in some character makeup and host the party. And the kids enjoyed it because I was like, you know, it was almost like you hired me, you know, to come in and do this. Mm-hmm. But uh, my daughters were like, yeah, our dad is such a dork. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's always the way with parents. You could have the coolest mom, the coolest dad. And if it, that's it, it's like, no, I don't like, no, it's not cool for you. It's, it, does, it's embarrassing. it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> It's, uh, I, I've had a lot of fun. I've been very lucky and I, I enjoy, you know, it's hard. I, I, was, I always wanted to figure out what could I do to kind of give back. And the only thing I could really figure out that I would be good at was playing these characters. And, and, and it's fun though. It's fun because like literally the, the, the look on these kids face, cause they literally think they think I'm the real deal. Cause I, I get yeah. really close. And at one point I went to a charity event and it was, there was these adults and they were there was a bet on the table for a thousand dollars that I wasn't Jim Carrey because the guy that sets up these events worked with Jim Carrey and these guys knew it and they thought they were being punked. (laughs) So I had to prove that I wasn't him and Uh. the guy and somebody won a thousand bucks. (laughs) Well, that's nice. Someone wants the money, but (laughs) Hey, well, you know, that's good that they actually thought that. that Yeah. It's a big compliment. Yeah, I, I mean, you funny. are, you are very close to Jim Carrey, honestly. You know, if you, if you just showed me the video and told me that was him, I believe you because everything like the voice, the mannerisms, it's so good. And I think that's the best thing about it is because you get so deep into these characters. It's so much fun for the kids because, right. you know, it's just so like, it's like, it's so real for them and believable, you know, they just, they love it. And I, you know, that's the, yeah. that's the best thing that you really just get into it and they re- well, really enjoy it. it you'd be surprised how many adults get into it too. <laughs> yeah, I'd be into it as well. If I was there watching, I'd be like, this is awesome. Like, yeah, I love yeah. it. Because even the Grinch I mean, is kind of edgy. So yeah, the adults kind of dig it. Yeah, yeah. I, the Grinch isn't for kids only. I love it, you know. No. You get some adults with a couple of drinks in them. I tell you right now, the Grinch is the, their best friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I think he's a great character. I think, I think yeah. people can relate to him. I think people in a way can relate to the Grinch. Well, you know what? The great thing about him is, is, is sometimes it's, uh, you know, if I've been in the makeup for like six or seven hours, it's a little draining. Uh, mm-hmm. At least with that character, you can be a little grumpy and it works. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you get to say whatever you want to say, too. Uh, I keep it very, you know, PG just because, mm-hmm. but yeah. you get to say some pretty funny stuff that you wouldn't normally get to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think around the kids, keep it PG. And the adults, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah yeah actually you can and they encourage it believe me it, yeah I remember I was at one charity and this guy kept trying to get me to do shots and I'm like 
I can't do shots as the Grinch, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Although it didn't sound like that. It was more like, I can't do shots as the Grinch, bro. And he's like, come on, just one. And I'm like, oh, God. People didn't get it. So, but it's fun. Um, that's fun. Um, yeah. If you could choose, if you could choose one actor to work with, who would it be? Um, well, I, I got to work briefly with him, but he was amazing. I, I worked on Van Helsing with uh, Hugh Jackman and I didn't interact with him too much though, but I got to see him on set when he was performing. And uh, he, to me is literally one of the most talented guys in Hollywood. Um, he is just, just like can do everything and he's amazing. He's just, he's a real guy. He's really cool. It's just a guy. And uh, if it wasn't him, the one person that I wanted to work with more than anything when I came here was Robin Williams. And I got to work with him like four times on four different movies and interact with him. So that was just as, as much of a dream come true as anything. So um, it was Robin and, and, and Hugh. Robin is amazing. I love, grew up loving him and loving his movies. Um, that's such an amazing thing. You got to work with him so many times. What movies did you work with him? Um, so again, I preface, I was one of a group of people on these makeup teams that worked with him. So I was one of probably 10 people that was creatively involved. But um, I started with him on Hook. And mm -hmm. then uh, we did the makeups for Mrs. Doubtfire. And then we did something called Bicentennial Man, where we did uh, some old age makeups on that. And then uh, we also did, um, and then I worked with him. Uh, I did a side project where I made these animatronic babies for this movie where he was uh, a, a marriage counselor. And I got to work with him. Oh, you did those. Those ugly little babies. <laughs> I watched that movie the other night. I was watching it with my family and we yeah. were, and we were disgusted by those creepy face. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's a license to wed. That was very license to wed, yeah. Those were yeah. creepy babies. Wow. Yeah. They were like little old men. Well, that's <laughs> that was my it was funny because when I talked to the production, they wanted it to look like a little baby doll. And I said, <laughs> Can I can I veer them to look a little bit grumpy and a little bit with a little bit of attitude i go because if you do that then no matter what you do it's going to be funnier and they're like yeah i guess so so i i brought them to set and they looked at them they're like they're kind of ugly and i go yeah but watch <laughs> them dance and then i made them dance and everything and everyone was cracking up and they're like okay good deal <laughs> oh my god that's so funny that's so yeah. funny. those yeah. they are hilarious and he, like there's a scene in the movie where um um I forget his name, I forget the actor's name, but he's the main actor with Mandy Moore. Um, right, and, right. And, and he's uh, he's beating the doll up. He's like had enough of the crying and he's just bashing it like against the uh, thing and like its head comes off. Yeah. And all the things they do as well are just like with the poo and the all oh, like the, it's just so, it's really funny. They, you did an amazing job on those because those were really Thanks. ugly, but yeah. so funny. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. We got to, it was funny because the, uh, the babies became so popular and it was me and another guy puppeteering them to make them move. And the babies became so popular that they called me to have the babies as part of the, of the press junket. So then when they did the press junket, they interviewed the babies. <laughs> uh, how did that work? How did that work when they were interviewing the, how did that go? Uh, 
they would basically ask yes or no questions. It was simple. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, and then we it would always wouldn't break actually out talk. In, okay. Yeah, and then we would just break out and dance, and it didn't matter anymore. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That is, yeah. that, is that is funny. Um, yeah. But like, because we were touching a bit earlier on like CGI and special effects and all that. Because now with like all this new technology, you know, everything's done so differently, and like special effects. Are you a fan of like the new technology or do you prefer things like old school? Um, okay, so I'll, I'll make this story quick. I was working on a movie. I'd worked with Mel Gibson on a lot of different projects. I did. I worked with him on some called Man Without a Face and another one called uh, Forever Young. And I was doing a makeup on him for a movie with Robert Downey Jr. called The Singing Detective. And I was uh, helping, I was assisting in doing an old age makeup on him. And he said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this Jesus movie. And I went, okay. And he goes, and I said to him, uh, you should let us open up a digital department and do all your digital. Mm -hmm. And he goes, why would I do that? And I said, because you trust me. And he goes, all right, smart ass, you're on. So, mm -hmm. so we, as a company, opened up an entire digital company and did the practical effects and the digital effects for the Passion of the Christ. And uh, in doing that, as one company, we got to combine the practical and the digital effects and design ways of doing it that hadn't been done before because we were one company. And we came up with some inventive ways, that, brand new ways of doing that and broke all kinds of ground of technology and creating this stuff. And so for, again, for me as a, now a filmmaker, um, I got this great knowledge of how to combine the practical and the visual. And I love visual effects because when done correctly and combined with practical effects, you can make something look a certain way that you could not do any other way regardless. Mm -hmm. So it's a great tool. It did take a lot of work from makeup effects for a while, but uh, it's, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to work with the team that did the passion to understand how to combine it. And so it doesn't scare me. I actually enjoy it. Okay, that's really good. That's great then that you get to experience both sides of it. Yeah, and, and now I'm, I'm also a DJ director now. I have a couple of films that I've written and directed. And now when I do these films, I have all this knowledge of how to do the practical and the digital together. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when we do special effects makeup for a movie or, or something, a lot of times now we will come in and interact with the digital department before we even start building stuff so that we can kind of figure out the game plan of how to combine the stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was a really good knowledge for me for multiple reasons to understand, to understand that technology and how to utilize it. Mm. And um, having all this knowledge, would you ever want to kind of teach one day, like pass to have your knowledge on to other people who aspire to do what you do or just novices who just kind of want to know? Um, I, I, I actually uh, am on uh, the board at a, a makeup school here in town that actually is worldwide though, called MUD. And I speak at MUD all the time. And I speak at different places all the time. I, I do a lot of, of uh, college schools where I'll come in and talk about, I did a movie called The Terror of Hallow's Eve. And I would take, they would, a lot of film schools would show the terror. And then I would uh, speak at the film schools occasionally and, and explain how we did the effects and break it all down for filmmakers. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I've, I've, I've 
actually taught quite a bit, not as a professional teacher. I just do it again as charity, but um, I, I think it's important if you share the knowledge, if you get to a certain point in your career, it's almost like a responsibility to, to help people that want to do the same thing um, and give them the, the, the knowledge that you have, if you can uh, and inspire them. Cause I, I like inspiring people to go out and do what they want to do. Go make a movie. If you, if you want to do it, go do it. If you're really yeah. passionate about doing it, don't talk about it, go do it. Mm-hmm. And here's how, <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, it's fun. I enjoy it. Hmm. Oh, that's really amazing. I think that's, I think that's, that's great that you want to share all that. Cause I have spoken to a couple of actors and you, they also, you know, do kind of now with like lockdowns and everything going on in the world, they do like over zoom, some of them, you know, kind of teach and share their knowledge with people who want to learn about acting and the industry, or some of them just want to in the future, like teach classes and work with like younger mm-hmm. and older. So I think that's really nice. And I think, you know, um, Again, I love charity. I'm very big on that. I think that's really important. So I, I love so much the fact that you do so much charity. I think that's really amazing. I do believe that karma is real to a point. So I think it's important for people to try to be good <laughs> on some level, you know. <laughs> well, because around comes around. So uh, it does. You're an asshole. It's going to come back around. <laughs> well, you know what? I got to be honest with you. I could give you a few examples of people who actually told me uh, that I was not a hard ass enough and I would get beaten to death in Hollywood. And those people uh, currently are not happy in what they're doing. I know for a fact, and I'm still enjoying what I'm doing. So I think I win. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I'm I'm sure you do, but no, I'm I'm with you there. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I agree with you on about karma. Yeah. Whatever, what goes around comes around. So if someone's, you know, not a nice person it's gonna come back around and they're gonna get what they deserve I think yeah so I, I think, agree I think uh you seem like a very very lovely giving person so um I it's think all an karma it's all an act I'm gonna hang up and I'm gonna go beat some puppies right now I'm telling you <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awful oh gosh no no puppies I have to counter that with some sarcasm I'm sorry <laughs> Uh, what was it was it too nice was I being too nice was it you're too being much very food? very sweet and it, I just have to counter that I'm sorry I okay. just have to balance okay. it out with something really awful <laughs> I see okay that's lovely yeah. that's such a yeah. such a nice thing you're not so nice yeah. after all I was wrong no see, I'm telling you. <laughs> um but besides obviously you're always besides work what what are your other hobbies what else do you enjoy to do um uh, I was a musician uh, before I did all this. I was a studio musician and I had a 80s rock band back in the day. Um, I, am I did currently... watch that video. I did watch the video. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. How funny is that? That's, man, talk about silly. <laughs> um, but I'm putting together a project right now. My next film that I'm directing is a comedy, uh, kind of an 80s rock comedy. Um, so oh. I'm trying to getting that off the ground right now. Uh, we actually, uh, my company, Illusion Industries, is my makeup effects company. Uh, we've done a number of films. We actually are in, I have one of my guys in Bulgaria right now uh, doing reshoots for the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We just created the new Leatherface. Um, so we just finished doing that. And uh, hobby-wise, uh, I really don't have, I mean, 
kind of my work, believe it or not, is my hobby because when I go home at night, I'm either writing scripts or I'm sculpting or painting or doing something creative, even mm -hmm. on my own time, just because it's my zen. Um, so I'm lucky enough that I literally get paid as a job to do my hobby. <laughs> so um, my only and my I have a family. I have uh, two daughters and my wife. So uh, and my daughters are older now. They're both in their 20s. Mm -hmm. um, so but uh, so I when I'm not working, I try to spend time with my family and, and make sure I'm there and do that right also. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, not much. <laughs> And are your, is your wife and your daughters, are they kind of getting into the industry as well or are they, are they completely opposite? My wife has a, an actual job that's important. Um, she works one-on-one um, <laughs> -on -one with uh, a disability child in, in the school system. Oh. So she's, so she does that. So she has nothing to do with Hollywood. I'm very happy about that. Mm -hmm. um, my older daughter uh, actually is a makeup artist and worked on some new stations and is, uh, is, pretty established as a makeup artist. She's really, really good. Uh, her name's Nicole Lorraine and she has her website. She does mainly beauty makeup and, and stuff like that. She doesn't do special effects at all. She wants nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. And then my other daughter, uh, who is 20, she is uh, going to college right now. She's not exactly sure what she wants to do. She thinks she wants to work in the film industry, but I don't know if she really does, uh, because you have to be so overly passionate about working in the film industry if you really want to work in the film industry because it's not yeah. easy and i tell people if you don't have that passion where you just want to want to want to do it go get a normal job because it'll be a lot less stressful mm -hmm. um you really got to want this and so i'm not quite sure what she wants to do um we're still kind of feeling that out but uh i've got great kids great family to support me a lot and and which is good because you know, I, every, sometimes I have to leave for three months at a time to go on set somewhere. And, you know, it's tough. It's a tough job. So, um, you got to find a balance. You got to find a balance so that you are giving quality time wherever, whatever you're doing, you know? Yeah, of course. I think it's great. I think you have to find, I think as well, like for your wife, you have to find, be with someone who understands obviously, because your job is quite demanding and you are, you know, going to be gone for a very long time and you kind of yeah. have you're kind of in your own world and you know so I think that is important so that's something that you have such a beautiful family and that you have that as well I, I'm very lucky I don't I don't take it for granted yeah um and uh so what are would you if like someone came to ask you what would you share like are there any like trade secrets or anything you just like share with people like people who are watching um, this right now, like if someone watching this right now wants to do what you do, what would you say to them? Okay. Uh, if somebody wanted to be a special effects makeup artist, or if they wanted to be a director, or if they wanted to be an actor, whatever, pick, pick any, any one of them. The path to doing that is different, but it's the same system. Right now, there is so much information online that you can get for everything I just said. You can, do, you can do as much research as you possibly can in whatever it is that you think you're interested in online because you can see the how-tos, you can see uh, people doing it, you can see behind the scenes, research what you think your passion might be. If your passion is special effects makeup, go online and watch people doing behind the scenes, headcast, makeups, all that kind of stuff and just really start looking into it. Then if you go, yes, this is something I wanna do, then start finding out how do you start learning how to do that? And a lot of it is on your own time. 
you basically, there's all kinds of videos that show you how to sculpt, how to mold, how to fabricate, how to paint, how to apply. Um, uh, there's, and, and I would say, watch those videos. And then there's places where you can order the supplies to do it and the, they can get shipped to you. So go in your garage, set up a workstation, pick a couple things that you're going to do as projects and practice doing what you do. Don't go out with your friends and party, go in the garage and work instead. And if you find yourself working in the garage instead of going out and partying, then you are on the right track um, because that shows that you're actually passionate about what you're doing because you want to do it. Uh, and then you need to build a portfolio of your work. And uh, if you're a director, then it means go out and shoot some shorts, go create something, take your phone. You can do all this now remotely with, you know, personal stuff. You don't need to have a huge studio attached to go make a short. You can do it with your phone and you can do it with online, you know, things that will help you make it look right. So build something that you can show the person that you'd want to hire you, what you can do, a portfolio of somehow, and then go online and find out where these people are and start pounding on doors and trying to get your work in front of them. However, you have to do that. Um, none of this is easy. This is all very hard, which is why you're going to invest a lot of time to do this. And it doesn't happen overnight. So you've got to take the time and really want to do this. But, but if you do it and you get in and you get to do what you really want to do, then you're not working for a living. You're enjoying what you're doing because you're literally getting to do what your hobby is and get paid for it. So it's a whole different way of living your life. And uh, it's great. It's a great thing. It's not easy. And that's the balance that, you know, um, but that's what you got to do. And you got to be motivated, but you can get all this information online, build whatever it is you want to do as a showpiece and get it in front of people and just start. And here's the main thing I would say too. There's a lot of people doing what I just said. And there's going to be lines of people that want to be effects persons, directors, whatever it is, actors. There's a line of people. So on top of being really good at what you do, be a nice person. Because if somebody comes in to my studio and wants to get hired as a makeup effects guy, if his portfolio is off the charts, amazing, but he's a jerk. And then I have somebody else that comes in and their stuff's good, but they're really cool. Guess which one I'm hiring? That's human nature and that's how it's going to go. So you better figure out how to find a good place in your life so that when you interact with people, they want to rehire you. They want to hire you over the other 50 people that they just spoke with. And that's tough. That's tough. Um, and you're always going to be challenged to somehow stand out. And it's all about relationships too. When you get in and do a job, you've got to make sure that you walk away from that job with them wanting to hire you again. Do not drop the ball. Do not burn bridges. Be a good person and do a great job and the rest will follow. Well, that's absolutely amazing. Um, uh, really great advice. I know it's a lot. <laughs> it's a, a lot, sure. but I mean, it's great. People need to hear it. Um, people need to, I think to do anything, you have to be motivated. Even, even for me kind of doing what I'm doing, like this podcast and doing Charmed and I love it. And this is what I enjoy doing. It is my hobby, but I want to make it into something that I can do. You know, I, right. I don't last in jobs. I've had a couple of jobs and I don't last. The longest job I had was four months and I didn't, and I, didn't, and I hated it. And I, you know, people I worked with weren't very nice people. Um, and I just didn't enjoy it. And the, this is something I love. And that's like, I, 
you know, I want to make this something I can do permanently. And that's right. I think you have to definitely be motivated because it's easy as well to be lazy and just be like, oh, but you also have to be current. You also have to stay current. That's another thing that I because there's a lot of people in the film industry who didn't want to stay current because they were stuck in their old ways. And if you don't um, if you don't uh, change with the times and understand how the industry works today, uh, you will fall behind and you will be left behind. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that you understand the way things are and how trends are and how everything works now. Right now, uh, you have to have followers uh, because people look at that. And it's, I've never had to worry about that before, but now that's a main thing. And there are makeup artists that have told me that they've gone on interviews and because they didn't have enough followers, they didn't get the job. And I'm like, what the hell? Um, so there's a bunch of weird elements now that you need to understand how that works in order to uh, be current. So also understand that and, and keep up. Yeah, absolutely. Social media now is such a big thing and it is yeah. all about followers. Like you said, honestly, people are always looking at that number and, you know, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's really just a numbers game and it's like having good engagement and all of that. So you do have to, if you, you mean, a lot of people don't like technology, you know, some people don't like enjoy Instagram, yeah. but sometimes you don't have a choice and you have to, you have to do it. You, you have to, do, you said that you saw my stuff on Instagram, correct? Yes. See, you went to Instagram. I have a website that has a bunch of stuff, but I don't know that people even go to websites anymore. That used to be the norm. And now mm -hmm. it's Facebook or Instagram. So, I mean, you have to have as a makeup artist or as a creature person, you know, whatever you're doing, you kind of have to have that social media presence in order to be current for people to mm -hmm. interact with you as a business, because that's how it's being done now. So even contacting, I mean, I reach out to you through Instagram that's just right. kind of the way things are done you know communicating with right. people is is done a lot through instagram not just email or phone calls right. anymore right yeah so. you have to you have to understand that and, and you have to do it um mm -hmm. and i hate it i i'm not a technology guy at all in, in that respect so um luckily i can hire someone to do it for me while i focus on other stuff but uh you have to do it it's important and it's really the only way to survive and I have one final question for you. It's a little two-part question. So the first part is, so how did you learn to do everything you do now? And also you said you're also now gone into like writing, directing, filmmaking. How did that process occur? Um, well, for me, basically, uh, I was fortunate enough to meet up with these two guys back when I wanted to learn how to do makeup effects. I met with these guys named Matt Rose and Steve Wang, and they lived in, in the same town that I lived in Northern California. And these guys were amazing. And they taught me how to sculpt and paint and do all this cool stuff. And then they moved here and started working professionally. And I stayed up in Northern California and was a studio musician for a few years. But while they came down here, they created the predator. They created, uh, uh, the creatures for monster squad and all these great movies and giant movies. So when I moved down here a few years later, they opened the door for me and got me my first job in Hollywood. Those guys literally are the reason why I'm here. Um, Steve Wang has gone on to become one of the top uh, makeup or, or, or creature designers in the industry. And Matt Rose uh, went off and was Rick Baker's right-hand guy for the majority of, of uh, the career. Um, unfortunately, he passed away recently, but he was literally one of the 
top creator designers in the industry. So I somehow hooked up with two of the best guys there, there are. And as far as, as when I, I came here wanting to also eventually move into directing and producing my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when I owned uh, the makeup effects company, I started doing jobs with people where I would come on as a co-producer and lower my budget. And then as part of the deal, I would, uh, I got into the DGA and started directing a lot of the effects that we would make for the movie because a lot of directors didn't know how to shoot makeup effects or puppets or any of that stuff. And I did. So I started off doing that. And then a few years after doing that, I wrote and directed my first feature film, which was a kid's movie called Monster Mutt. And it did, it did very well and kind of set me up. So I jumped back and forth. I've had the makeup effects company the whole time. And I always incorporate the makeup effects into any of my in-house movies that I do. Um, but I, I tend to do a movie every couple of years and then uh, continue doing the makeup effects. And, um, and it's, it's been great. I'm extremely happy. The last movie that we did was called The Terror of Hallow's Eve. Uh, I got original music from John Carpenter in the movie. I've got a number of stars. I've got uh, Doug Jones, who was the creature in Shape of Water, playing most of my creatures. Um, a lot of stars in it. It did very well. It got worldwide distribution. I actually, it, it actually, uh, I, I went to London and it was at Fright Fest. It was the main uh, film at Fright Fest a couple of years ago. So oh. I actually got to come there and, and see London for the first time. Um, oh, that's so, so cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's. I've been very lucky, but. Uh, I've worn a lot of hats, but no one, no one really stopped me. So that's the only reason I just, they tried, they tried, but they couldn't. So uh, I've been very fortunate and I've been surrounded by a lot of really good people. So it's, it's about surrounding yourself with good people Mm -hmm. and and just working hard. And do you, um, talking about getting stopped by people, do people ever stop you in the streets? Um, You you know what the funny thing is? Um, There's a, there's a show here in the States on the food network called Mm -hmm. Halloween Wars. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a TV show where they basically take food and design these monsters and movie sets. And it's amazing what they do. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Season five, I think it was, they asked me to come on and be one of the celebrity judges. Mm -hmm. So uh, and it was just going to be for that season. And then they brought me on the next season and the next season. So I did like, uh, four or five years of this show and it's got a huge, huge audience. And I'm kind of the Simon Cowell on the show. I'm the guy that's kind of the, the mean guy, I guess. Um, but now I have people coming on the streets because of that TV show coming up and going, Oh, you're that Simon Cowell guy on, on Halloween Wars. But the show's really, really good, and it has a huge audience. And uh, I was very fortunate to even be asked to be on the show. And I put myself in makeups on the show and play characters and puppets. And they just let me do stupid, fun stuff, and it it helped the show a little bit. So um, I got to play and do what I do, and and it worked for them. So it was a good match. Oh, that's awesome! And that's okay. You're yeah. not so much like Simon Cowell. I don't think he'd have that much fun and do what you did. So. <laughs> Uh, I, I gotta be honest, I respect the hell out of Simon Cowell. That guy tells it how it is. and, and Absolutely, absolutely. And, and these guys that are making these displays out of food and pumpkin carvers and all this, they're using a lot of the same tools that I use. They're using sculpting tools and they're sculpting and they're painting and they're building. So, so, but they're doing it with food. So technically I have a lot of the ability to kind of, you know, judge the style of sculpting and all that because it's what I do. So I have a lot to pick from and it's easy for me to, do what I do here, which is just, you know, critique it and try to figure out how to make it better. But mm-hmm. I try to be, you know, I try to be 
respectful about it, but they want me to, they wanted me to be that guy. So I'm like, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you do have to tell it like it is, you know, you do have to be honest because I mean, being, I mean, not, it's not about like, it's not about being nice. I mean, you don't have to be a jerk about it, but you do have to be honest with people because you can't just be nicey nice and, you know, make them think that what they're doing is perfect or right. You do have to critique and you do have to just be honest. It may well, be a bit upsetting, but but when I critique them too, because, you know, I, 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 I'll tell them what they should do for the next time so that they don't do it again. Like something stupid, like one thing they used to do a lot of times is they'll create a, a sculpture of some character that looks great. And then they'll turn it so you can only see it's back in the piece that they're doing. And I'm like, guys, if you're going to spend so much time and it looks that great, make sure you design your, your piece so that I can see this guy. Turn him towards me and have him looking back or something because it looks great. And if I don't see it, you're wasting your time. Mm -hmm. And so I'll, I'll give them the solution. I say, if you do it again, then you're not listening to me and you don't deserve to be here. Mm -hmm. So that's where I sound like a jerk, but I'm being honest with them so that they pay attention. You know? <laughs> no, exactly. No, it's not. It's not just being a jerk for the sake of being a jerk. You're, you know, being honest. Yeah, and they, and they, win that 50, push. they win 50 grand as a team if they win. So they actually oh, win wow. something too. Yeah, so it's like there's a little bit of, you know. Incentive, there's win. an incentive, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, but a great show, lots of fun. It's streaming on uh, on uh, Discovery Channel now. Okay, I'll definitely have to, um, I feel like I've heard of it. Because I do, I do, you know, I'm in the UK, but I do keep up with a lot of like American shows. So I feel like I have heard of that. So I'll it's a to... pretty it's a pretty popular show. You probably have, um, but yeah, they, they have every single episode on, on discovery plus now. Okay. Okay. I'll definitely yes. have to look that up. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on my podcast and joining me. I really appreciate it. It's been so lovely talking to you. Honestly, thank you for taking the time to do this. You're, you're very welcome. And if anyone out there wants to see a bunch of stupid, fun stuff, uh, you can check out my, uh, Todd Tucker official Instagram and Facebook. I try to post stuff at least three times a week and it's very silly, random effects and goofy stuff. So. Yes. And actually what's, uh, what I thought about earlier, which um, was interesting is when you said you were good friends with uh, Zach Ward, I did message him and I actually try to get him on the podcast and uh, he oh, did really? tell me maybe next month. So if I have him on, I'll let you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Zach is uh, hilarious. Uh, he's funny. So if you get him on a podcast, you will you will not be sorry. <laughs> yes, I'm, I I hope I can get him on. It would be so lovely to have a chat with him. And yeah. it's really cool knowing your friends. I will say he's um, not a communicator, at least not with me. He was <laughs> with his responses. They were very just two word responses. So sounds fun. Thanks. You know, yeah, uh, maybe I, next month. Those were the responses, which I mean, it's nice yeah. to get something. I appreciate a response. I'm <laughs> not complaining. I'll I'll uh, I'll give him a call and tell him to to be nicer. <laughs> <laughs> oh no no no! It wasn't like him like not being nice. Um, uh, yeah. Also for me, I don't know. I think some some people just don't just don't communicate. You know the same way others do. You know so that's just kind of your way. I don't know. You know him well. I don't. But I'm yeah. fine with. It. I'm happy to get a response, <laughs> even if it's two words. Like it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be a great guest. I guarantee it. He's he's funny as hell. Oh, that's great. Well, hopefully yeah. I get him on and I look forward to that. But thank you awesome. so much. Honestly, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. I, I really appreciate you having me on and, and thanks again and anytime. Thank you. Thank you. I never All thought right. I'd be sitting here actually talking to you. So 
It's a real privilege. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it that. Is. I think it is because, you know, you get to hear all these stories and like all this fun stuff, you know, that happened on set and your experience. And I think not a lot of right. people get to hear that. So. Right. Right. <laughs> well, hopefully I didn't bore anyone and, and they got something out of it. No, I think this is very entertaining. So I think people are going to really enjoy it and learn awesome. a lot. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank well, you. Thank Have you a day, day with you, the day with you now. It is. Yeah. We're in the middle of the day right now. Okay, well, have a lovely day. <laughs> okay, you too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. All right.